Welcome to Up The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. This is Paul, the host, joined by the full crew tonight. And as Small Faces said, don't burst my bubble. Bullshit. Villa's going to burst West Ham's bubbles tomorrow night or Monday morning. This is Up The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. Welcome to another episode of Up The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. And we've lied to you in previous weeks saying we would have the full crew on board. Um, we were looking at some transfers. Um, and, and, and from there, Tess looked like he, he, was, he spat the dummy and was going to walk out. Uh, <laughs> Rhino was agitating for a move as well. But they've stayed. And we were all on board. How are we, boys? Very well, thanks. Good to be back. Very good to be back. Good to see... Um... Or oh, good to hear all of you guys all together again. Mm. Oh, it's brilliant to have a full crew finally. It's been a while, lads. If you think about it, like with, with Ryan Orway, me, yep. the baby, I just got, couldn't think the last time the four of us ran. Oof. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time. I can't. Yeah, I can't remember either. Well, look, we've got we've got Emery guiding the ship. All four of us are on board. Um, so you know we've been lucky enough um, to have some really good feedback from from listeners, and we appreciate the uh, the kind words. Um, and the lack of attack on my uh, poor, poor editing, where uh, last week, again, you could hear me going, yeah, that was good, well done, at the end of the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> the listeners will be thinking, they, they don't have to think a lot of themselves, do they? <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, well done. Uh, hey, Paul, Paul, there's no praise like self-praise anyway, man. <laughs> oh, well, mate, if, if, if uh, we don't give a bit of self-praise, you can be a bit of self-love, so to speak, That's and it, uh, no sexual connotations in that one either. <laughs> Guys, a few days ago, we put up a post that said, you know, there was a lot of talk that, that clubs all over the world are looking at Emmy Martinez, and why wouldn't they? Um, a club comes in, we put up a question, a club comes in at £90 million um, pounds for Emmy, would you sell, keep, ask for more dollars, or you don't know? So without knowing the results there, guys, um, Spud, for £90 million, would you sell Emmy? I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? Ninety million—it's a lot of money for a goalkeeper. I think he—I know he's the last person I want to take him out the door, but uh, ninety million very hard to turn down. It, presuming that he, if he wanted to go, you know what I mean, you'd have to take ninety million from if he was edging for a move. If he didn't want to go, then no, nah, you wouldn't. But yeah, yeah. ninety million—very hard to turn down. And test yourself. <sighs> ninety million in Villa's pocket tomorrow. Um. Yes, I, I I guess, but reluctantly because um, if we want to find another keeper who's as quality as he is, it's going to be difficult because you know you you got to try and find someone um, who's good enough to replace him. But anyone that's probably good enough to replace him is you know wanting to play for a team that's in Europe and the Champions League. And Rhino, yeah, ninety millions too much to turn down for a goalkeeper, isn't it? You know that money could be reinvested and. And used across the squad. So, yeah, I'd sell for 90 million. I also would sell for 90 million, not because we don't love Emmy, and we are very clear on that. We love Emmy. Um, the thing that also comes into play with these kind of sales, and the club would take it in a heartbeat, is financial fair play. And part of that formula is that we picked him up for 15 million, and selling him for 90 million comes into the three to five year cycle of financial fair play. I'm Sorry. very positive what he said the other day though. Um I must say it's like and that gives me hope that he's in for the long run because he talked about breaking uh, Mark Bosnich's clean sheet record for Villa, which is which is sixty four and he's only on thirty two. 
you'd have to stick around for quite a while to get that record. So the fact that he's putting out those vibes is really positive for the club, you know. Spot on. And and I think that um, we talk about signings and everything like that as well. I think that they've made it very clear to the top place at the club. And I would say Emmy would be in the top, you know, <laughs> top player at the club almost. Um, I think for him to come out and, and chuck on Bosma's top, which was a classic goalkeeping top from that era, mm. um, which was a beautiful picture. We'll get that one up on our socials. But I think he seems like someone who's like, okay, I know where the club's going. Um, Emery has given me confidence and I know we're getting signings. That's how it felt to me. I think though after so long with it, like Arsenal and being like, I think it was six loans he had like in the 10 years he was there, which is a lot of loans. Like, and he got a little opportunity and he done really well for the time he was ahead of him. But then this is the first time he's been at a club where he is the man. Like, and, and, and he's still getting his caps for Argentina. He's still doing all the things he wants to do. So apart from the Champions League pull, really, there's, there's no massive pull for him to leave, you know what I mean? Well, mm. he's won the what he's won the Copa America and the World Cup. So maybe we reverse that and we um get him to bring over Messi for the final two years of his career. <laughs> That'd be nice. Oh gosh. Okay, so just to I really loved your answers there, guys. I think the ninety million would be so hard to turn down. I I couldn't imagine people would come with that. But sixty six percent of our voters um said they would sell and just remembering where you say oh we i think the one thing i i, I want to factor in is when emmy came to us did we know he was going to be this good no, no. no. i think like spud was saying he didn't have a lot of games behind him really did he in the you know to to go off anything so fair play to neil cutler for pushing to get him at the club and i've seen interviews with cutler saying that you know, he was his man and he really wanted him and, and the club backed him and it's been a brilliant move. It really has. And I think we were all happy when we found out how much we got him for. It was a really good price for a keeper. Um, 17% of people said even for 90 million, they would keep him, which is a, a pretty amazing thing. 13% said ask for more money. So if you think about it, realistically, that's 30% of the respondents saying they wouldn't sell him really for 90 million. And then 4% said they don't know. And it was a really, really good poll because we got 549 votes there, guys. So that's a really, um, you know, two-thirds, you know, 360-odd people said that they would sell. But that thanks, guys, for responding to that. And we'll, we'll try and post up those kind of ones for you as well. Um, so, yeah, Emmy Martinez, and we got his card up on our post that's uh, asked mm-hmm. us some questions this week. So another one that I pulled, pretty happy with that. And for those who don't collect cards... You want to get the different colour prisms, guys, okay? So you start off with a base kind of silver. Uh, the mosaic then go into, like, pinks and golds and, and, and oranges and things like that. So you kind of want to get the, uh, the set together and sell them that way. And for anyone else who is bored of my collecting talk, I'll finish it off. You also would love to get a number on the back. So if it's, a, if it's one of five or one of ten, that card's worth an absolute. So you send it off to get rated. And uh, g'day, g'day, you'll be off to see the villa. Um, good question here from Townsend at Staunton. And he asked, um, can you see Emery using a three-at-the-back system for next season to switch between certain matches or sticking with the four and the defensive midfielder dropping deep? 
this I might start with you, Spud. You love your tactics, mate. So can you see Emery using a three at the back system for next season to switch between certain matches or sticking with the four and a defensive midfielder dropping date? Um it'll never be his baseline formation, I don't think. I don't think it's gonna be it's going, I don't think it's gonna be something he uses regularly week in, week out, but I, I absolutely think he's gonna use it in certain games. Um, especially if he has the likes of Kanza, uh, Carlos and Mings available at the same time and anyone else he brings in. I mean, with the players we have, I try it from time to time, um, especially with the wing-backs, the, the way he uses his wing-backs and the whole midfielders we have to cover so you can play your three in the middle, no problem, two up top. Um, I think, yeah, I think I think there will be games where he'll use it, but it will never, ever be his, his uh, baseline formation, no. No, no, it's a good question. Good boys, any other Very thoughts? Good question, yeah. Any, any other thoughts about that one, guys? Yeah, horses for courses. Um, sorry, Rhino. Um, horses for courses, really. Um, as as um, Spud said, they need to really um, try different formations with different players. And again, in the summertime, we don't know what players are going to be still there and we don't know who's going to be coming in. And he's going to have this identity and the type of player that he wants. So I think he will mix it around a bit. Um, you could see three at the back on on some occasions, depending on who you're playing. But for now, I, th- I think he likes the back four. Um, and if he can make any improvements on that back four, then I'm sure that he will. Um, are you using a microphone, young man? No. Oh, okay, just getting a little bit of interference here, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. I've got headphones on. Oh, 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 yeah. So maybe if you, if the headphones are moving, sometimes it'll give a bit of interference because otherwise we have to play this here. Sound <laughs> <laughs> the alarm. Got it on give the ready. Let me just see if I can take. What, what do you think, Rainer? Do you, uh, do, you, do, you, do you see him using a back tree at any point? Mm, I think it depends on summer movement, like Tess said, but I'm more inclined to think he'll stick with the back four and tweak with the midfield and forwards a bit more. And I think he'll leave the back four settled as much as he can. Just going off what I've seen of him so far, he, he tends to just sort of stick with that back four. Yeah, and but, his previous at Villarreal too, like he's very yeah. rarely used the back five. He seems to like the four midfield to try and get overall possession with his wingers dropping in to help the two midfielders. Yeah. He seems, seems to really like the game as the one and last in midfield is a big philosophy of his like and I think he'll sort of look to yeah change that midfield up. And I think we'll see, obviously, we'll see a bit of movement in players in the summer in and out. But yeah, I see it being a solid sort of back four going forward and just that midfield and forward sort of shape uh, changing week to week, really. Yeah. He surely want to get a bit extra power in that midfield eventually. I do see a big strong lad coming in there eventually, you know. It's, um, yeah. Like I, he, I, sorry. Just with Kamara going out, isn't he? You sort of. We're we're really thin on the ground with mobile players who can play with the ball, and I'm sure we'll get onto that when we talk about West Ham coming up. But you know, Kamara going out is a big loss, and I'm sure he's going to want to sort of strengthen that midfield area so we're not as exposed next season. Well, that that's a good segue, guys, onto the question from. Um, so I just want to say thank you uh, at Thornton or Townsend. Great question. Uh, Mark Smith, Smithy1874, who's a great supporter of the pod. Um, he asks the obvious question, who replaces Kamara? Personally, I'd have Dendonka if fit due to the size of some of the West Ham players. Um, so, it, it, you know, the, this gets into our um, preview, but we'll do the preview later on. Um, but personally, I actually think Chambers myself. Um, I, I would like to see Chambers given a go. I can see the argument for Dan Donker. I think Chambers is a bit more mobile. What about you guys? Oh, yes. I'd go. 
Dendonka just because it's more his natural position than Chambers. But I, I, I'd probably split the game between the two of them. I'd probably, if Dendonka is fit, I'd slot him in with uh, a view to bringing Chambers on in the second half. Mm. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So I just wanted to say, guys, my yeah. rationale between putting Chambers on to start with is I don't think West Ham will be expecting that. So that was my rationale. And I think then mm-hmm. Donker or Chambers either way um, and switching them, I think they're going to have to do a power of work. So that's a good call from you for sure. I'm just wondering whether if Donker's actually fit, because on the press conference, he said that he had a, uh, what was it, a domestic... A domestic injury or something along those lines, he said. He's a, bro- he's a broken heart. In fact, guys, booking it up, booking it up the latest news, uh, I think yeah. Chambers will be the person because it does not look like Dendonka will be available for a couple matches. He's, he's so what happened? what's happened to Dendonka, fellas? They, had, they haven't said. They said mm. it's domestic. He might have a black eye. Um, <laughs> or it could be a broken heart, as one of you guys said. For Get me, I think because we're playing West Ham and the, the, the size of the profile of the West Ham midfielders, your Declan Rice, your Suchek, they're big men. For me, I would want Dendonker in there if he's fit, just to add a bit of size. It um, doesn't look like it, mate, honestly. Yeah, and that's if he's fit. But I don't know Emery suggested it. There is a possibility of him being in the squad, but he didn't confirm either way. So I don't. I, that says to me he's probably not in. But like, this might be an interesting one. This might be crazy, you know, lads, but... For me, right, if Dendonka isn't fit, because I, I don't trust Chambers for 90 minutes. I just don't. He's never done anything for me to, to suggest. How about putting Ashley Young in there? Someone someone who can still pass the ball like Kamara can. He can tackle, and you know you'll get 90 minutes of effort out of him. I don't oh. think he can get 90 minutes out of him at the moment. But I think Ashley Young. Ashley think... Young's given us plenty of 90 minutes this season. Yeah. And, I don't... And, and as a right winger, too. Or a right, right back, sorry, where, where energy's happening right back. But does it go back to the size thing, though? Is is that is that going to be the thing that stops something like that? Is Young is obviously not a not a big fella, and like you said, West Ham are a, typically a big team. Um, and but yeah, you wouldn't have to change the way you play as much if you could bring someone who's got ball control like Young in. I think you're yeah. going to have to change the way you play with Chambers in there because he can't pass and he's not very slick on the ball, you know. But yeah. Young's been there's something going on with Young for sure because he's been barely in, almost in the squad and he's not injured so something's certainly going on there well, Matt cashed on that um, that interview with um, uh, Greg Evans there and they asked him what was it like being out and uh, not getting in the team and he was like the thing I found weird was that all the Villa fans were, were saying that it was because I was off form he goes that's the only thing that was confusing me for he goes basically what happened is he said I came back from the World Cup and Ashley Young was playing out of his skin and he just got the spot because he was playing better at the time and he didn't deserve to lose his shot, his shirt. And he said, and now it's the case is that I've got in there um, when, when Ashley was rested, I've done well. And now it's, now, now it's my position. Now it's mine to lose, you know? So he's saying, so basically, that he's basically saying it's just literally down to Emery just picking on form. The way they, and he said all the players are responding to that because now you believe if you train better and you, you work harder, you're going to be in the team, you know? I also yeah. thought it was partly that... Um... He came back from the World Cup and Ashley Young had been training and listening to the tactics of the coaching team during that period as well. So Cashy yeah. came back and didn't really have an idea of the style and the way that they wanted to play to start with. So Ashley Young performed well in in doing what the coaches asked him to do, held his place. But now that Cashy's been back, being able to get that information, 
see the way the coach wants to play. He got his opportunity and he kind of kept his shirt. But that's what you want to see, don't you? That's what, I mean, yeah. you want to see you want to see competition for places. You don't want to see what happened with uh, Luca Dean coming in and then certain other players leaving to go to Newcastle, you know, because they don't want to compete. You want people who's going to compete. And if you're playing better in your better form, you start. And it's up to the other person to work hard to try and get back in the team. Yeah, and, and Cash has had a, a good couple of games, hasn't he, coming back in? I think he's probably his better two games of the season. I think before the Definitely. World Cup, I think he was very patchy and not up to his, you know, his, his old self. But um, since he's had the break of the World Cup, come back in, spent a bit of time on the bench, I think he's been he's been better for him. He, he was excellent against Palace. He was a threat the whole game. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, good answers there, guys. Uh, Smithy eighteen seventy four follows up as as a man should. The club finances were released <laughs> this week. Without selling Jack for a hundred million, we'd be in serious debt. He stayed with us in the championship and after promotion. How grateful should we be for him signing a contract that guaranteed a one hundred million dollar or one hundred million pound sale? Um, I'll let you guys start with this one. Football finance is a tricky thing. It's not as simple as saying that our finances will be out the window. There's so many factors come into football finance. You can't just base it on 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 that. Like you know, it's like Jack's hundred million was important, but it was not. It was not um the, the only factor for where the finances where we are now. Like the amount of money that the owners are putting into company house to keep it floating is huge as well. There's a massive sale on on um various things like sponsorship has gone up and everything. So. You can't read too much into figures because there's so many factors come into play. You know, it's it's not simple as always oh, got a hundred million for this player. If we didn't have that, the club would be going under. It's, it doesn't really work like that. You know, there's there. Of course, should we be grateful to him? Well, you kind of say, should he be grateful to us too? Like they they gave him the springboard for that hundred million transfer. You know, exactly, one hundred percent. I agree with what you said, Spud. I think um, we were grateful for what Greenwich did for us as a club from Championship. Um, going back into the Premier League. And of course, um, you know, we gave him the opportunity back in the Premier League to prove himself to get that £100 million move. But mm. this is a club that that he loves and we, we we brought him through. We brought him through the ranks, gave him opportunities to play to be where he is today and winning Premier League. So uh, I think it's either way, really, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know that we should be overly grateful just to Jack in the, in that sense, but... We're grateful, to we're, his... we're grateful to the owners. <laughs> yeah, well, and we're grateful for his contribution to what he did for Aston Villa as yeah, well. But he should also be grateful to Aston Villa for actually giving him that opportunity. And I'm sure, and I'm sure he is. I'm sure he understands yeah, yeah. that too. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it is a funny one, and I, I do hear what you're saying about sponsorships and bringing uh, stuff in and visions for the club. But at that time, um, we were in trouble. So a good sale, and and I think you guys. Um, summed it up really well it, it it's it, it was a win for both parties and yeah and I, I don't begrudge him moving on he gave everything from being a young uh a young player with us and it's the times have changed in football so oh yeah um, yeah i totally agree with you paul and the thing is like i mean i'm delighted with the 100 million because i don't think he was a 100 million player personally you know like for the amount of games he missed over a season and stuff, he was brilliant, and I was so sad when he left. And and I don't think we've ever actually got near replacing him yet. No, but but a hundred million was a big price to get for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to touch on the the players we signed. You know, with that money it was Bailey Ings and who was the third fellow? Wendia. Wendia. Yeah. We're only starting to see the best out of Wendia now, really. Um, and Bailey has been hot and cold, and obviously Ings has moved on. So. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think uh, Grealish was a, a hundred million pound player, but I'll forever be grateful for what he did for us. And that season in the championship, we went on the winning run. Um, some of the best times just watching the Villa. Just I loved that period. Mm. And um, yeah, forever th- thankful for Grealish for that. But the the money was reinvested, and it hasn't really worked out thus far. Only. Um, yeah, Buendia for me is the only one sort of repaying it. Yeah, I don't believe, I don't think the money was really well spent, to be honest. I think it was a knee-jerk reaction to try and bring players in to, to keep the fans on on side. Um, although, not to say that not to say that Ings doesn't have pedigree, but um, it's not like he was performing years ago for Southampton or for um, well, not so much Liverpool, but, you know, he wasn't really firing. He, he didn't work with Oddie Watkins. Leon Bailey's, you know, I know that he came in and had a few injuries and to start with, but even since then, there's been plenty of time now for him to come and show the value. I, although I've been trying to kind of stick with um, the way that he's, the type of player he is, I just don't think he's quite delivering for the money that we spent for him in in, in that case. But uh, Buendia is now starting to show signs um, that it might be money worth spent. Before we know what we know now, though, every one of those signings made sense at the time, though. It it it, it did make sense at the time. Um, I mean, like we can look we, back now and say it didn't work because we we have the yeah. information. But I was yeah. really excited when we signed Danny Ings. I won't lie; I thought it was exactly what we were missing. You know, poacher, yeah. old poacher. That was my personal opinion of it. And Bailey, I was watching him, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's a great signing for us." And Buendia, like I think Buendia, as you say, is probably the only real success success story out of it. And he's he's not mm-hmm. even. Probably hit the heights that I expected him to either, you know. But he's getting there. But I, I, at the time, I thought all three signings were very good for the prices they got from, and it just it just didn't work out as I thought it would, you know. Yeah, he's a say... Premier League player. He's a definitely a pre- pre- is a Premier League player, and I like you guys. I was also excited to see these signings coming in. I thought, I thought, yeah, we're going to go places. Um, but Wendia was kind of the best player in the Championship, if you like, and it was. I thought it was a good investment. And to be honest, under the previous regime of management, I don't think he got to flourish and do do what he does best. Um, but we're starting to see that now, I think. And so, yeah, that's why I think he's probably the best one. But not to say that the other two, when the other two, when we signed them, of course we were excited. We were, we were like, all right, well, we've got these players. They've got proven predigree. Apart from Bailey, I didn't know much about Bailey, but, you know, they, they can help to take us places. It just didn't quite work out, as Rhino was saying before. So... So did, so did we bring up Coutinho? Sorry, we did bring up Coutinho. He um, wasn't really involved in that uh, Grealish money sort of sale, like you know what I mean. He was going to come in Gerard after, really, didn't yeah. he? Like those three were Dean Smith signings, like. Yeah. Yeah. So no, look, really good, really good call there. I, I don't think. Um, I, I, I think what we're going to see under Emery is is just players we never even dreamed of. Um, I think Bailey has been. I think I'm sorry if I'm going to sound harsh. I think he's been an abject failure in in my mind. Um, I, I don't see him progressing. He shows the glimpses that that we've been teased by so many players over the years, mm. um, and and I, I just find him completely disappointing. I, the, the lack of chase is the hardest thing for me. Um, if that makes sense, like I, I can put up with a player having a bad game, but I can't put up with a player not trying. You know when he came... I was just going to say quickly. Sorry, just you know when he came on the other day um, against Palace and stuff. 
you know why he looked effective when he came as an impact sub? It's because he didn't just keep turning in to go on his left foot all the time. He tried to cross the ball with his right foot. Yeah. I think he would have more impact if he tried to do that a lot more than because everybody knows what he's going to do when he gets to that side, right? He's gonna he's gonna stop. He's gonna try a trick. He's gonna try and come in on his left foot and then whip the ball in or or shoot for goal. But when he came on against Palace, he went down the byline, used his right foot to cross, and that caught those players out. And I think if he can try to add some variation to his game um, as an impact sub, he could be pretty good. Yeah, I think he's struggling with the physicality of the Premier League, and I think you know it is a really tough league. And I'm not just not sure at the moment he's really he's he's cut out for the demands of the Premier League. And yeah, he's he's been good as an impact sub, and I've sort of liked what I've seen from John Duran coming off the bench. I'd be more inclined to be giving him um, more minutes in front of Bailey at the moment. I would. You know what? I, I, I really love. I, I love that idea. Um, yeah, really, really good call. So, look, if we had to say right now on the count of three, have we spent the hundred million? Well, um, let's go for it. One, two, three. Yes. No. Oh, I think there was two yeses, two noes. I said yes. I said we spent it because at the time, as Bud was saying before, we thought these were would be. Good players, right? We've yeah, that's, that, that's fair, Tess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was well spent at that time. Yeah, hindsight yeah. puts you at a disadvantage there. I, I don't disagree. And, and hindsight's mm. a wonderful thing. So my, um, my problem with Bailey is I don't think Bailey's as good as Bailey thinks he is. You know, I, I think if he was to knuckle down and try and try and go with his coach's efforts and stuff, but I think Bailey, I think Bailey in his own head, he thinks he's world class and he's not quite there yet. But there's definitely talent there. There's no doubt about that. Like, I, I, like there, there's definitely raw talent there with Bailey, but I just don't think he has the right attitude. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's the probably the fairest uh, call that we we could have made there, guys. Um, so I think there's a couple other questions in other areas. I'm just looking for them now because we've got Facebook and we've got Twitter and we've got different pages. So I'm just going to have a quick look there now, guys. Do apologise. I think I think you might be able to find one of those. Um, Spud, I know there was a question you asked me to have a look at. So. Yeah, I've, uh, it's from Richard Murphy. He's um, always listens to the pod as well, an Irish lad. Um, he ah, yes, I've got it now. Yeah, yeah. so he's um, have you got a pile of you? Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you want, do you want me to read it out or you? Yeah, have to go read for it. it out? Yeah. Okay, so Richard Murphy, and thank you, Spud, for that. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, on Lucas Dinier, oh Dean, sorry, I am uh, wrong in thinking he's over, really overrated, or is it just he has never performed to his full potential for us? His goal involvement has been pretty much non-existent and he's defending his average. I think Matt Target was a lot more effective, to be honest, but I think I'm probably in the minority. would be great to hear your thoughts. Um, I suppose overrated's a hard thing because is he rated? <laughs> and I don't mean that rudely. I actually mean that in no jest. I, I, to me, I thought he was coming in to, to do a role and I think he's trying to do a role. I, I'm not sure... I'll, I'll let you guys take over. I've got some thoughts on that, so I'll come back to come back to that after you guys. I definitely think he's an upgrade on Matt Target, and he's had a couple of injuries himself, Luca Dean, and um, yeah, we we might not have seen the best of him um, yet, but I still think there's a player in there, and I like what Emery's doing with um, Alex Mourinho and Luca Dean, and sort of rotating. Uh, once one picks up a yellow card, the other one seems to come on about five minutes later. So it's a bit of an insurance policy. But he's, you know, you've only got to look at his 
his history and where he's played. And, you know, he's a left back for the French national team. So there's definitely a quality player in there. Um, an upgrade on Matt Target. And as Tessie pointed out earlier, that Target didn't want to stick around to fight for his place for Luca Dean, did he? So, you know, that says all you need to know about him. Um, but I'm, I'm not, com- you know, he's one of them players that I'm not sure will be around in the long term, but that's only because he wasn't signed by Emery. And I think Emery might have his own ideas and players coming in. Yeah. Always take it away. I think that's a pretty fair assessment there, uh, Rhino. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, too, as well, he's probably the best crosser the ball this club has seen in a decade. Like, um, like he, 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 his his crossing ability is class. We 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 just don't play those crosses. Like we don't have that target man in the middle, you know, to to, to get on the end of him. Um, overrated. I wouldn't. I I, I think he's a good player. I do. I, do. I, I think he's got his um, problems defensively, which we know. I think we know that. Gerard signed him because of Gerard's um, reliance on fullbacks, you know. So he was bought, he was signed for a very specific role. So I can understand why he replaced Target straight away. Personally, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to see if he's going to be here next year. I don't know. Like you know, it's it's hard to tell Emery. Like just because Emery's getting the best out of these players, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the players he wants, you know. So I don't think it will be. Um, yeah. For the simple reason is that not that he's not a, a decent player, and I'm not putting him down at all. Um, I think that the kind of players that Emery's looking at, there is a lot of this kind of player in Spain and in Italy at the moment. I think he's already got players in mind. And, so and, that's and, yeah, definitely, definitely, Paul. I agree, and and I think Matt Target as well. He was Matt Target was blessed to be playing on the same wing with Grealish a lot of the time, so there was a lot of space for him because teams are doubling up and Jack and. Yeah, and Target lacked heart. Like, how many times did he go off injury, injured when the tough when the tough got going and stuff? You know, and his best season came when there was no fans. I just, yeah, no, I, I, I think Dean is a great target. I think he was a really great player for us as, at a championship level and as a squad player. Um, but when you're right, and and the way he left the club, and then some of the comments he made afterwards, I thought it was quite childish. And you know, you, you can't blame your ego's hurt. Um, and, and you know, he had a good run at Villa. Um, so the player of the year there, the year that uh, we yeah. set up, like mm-hmm. or fans player, sorry. Um, yeah. who we don't know how Gerard treats him either, though. That's another thing, like Gerard may have completely blanked him too when he came into the club. You, you just don't know, like, he might have really left with sour, he might have been told go. You just, you just don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think, I think yeah. Target was told to go and I think Dean was an improvement. When Gerard first came in, I'm pretty sure when Luca Dean was playing he was just crossing the ball a lot. We just didn't have that player up there to to take those chances and I think he did okay. I don't think he was great but the whole team wasn't great under under Gerard. to be honest with you. Um, I still think there's a bit more to come from Luca Dean. Um, I like that there is a rotation between him and, and Moreno at the moment. I think that's really, really um, good and interesting. And and both players actually seem to be okay with with that rotation. I think it's a really, really great point. Uh, you've all made really good points there. And I think I, I'm getting excited as we talk about this because whilst this season is still going, I really see the kind... I'm, I'm kind of visualising the kind of players we're going to have come in um, <laughs> that we're not aware of and they're going to be good on the ball. I think we're going to get so many players who are going to be good on the ball. I think that's going to be the really exciting thing. I think Luca Dean, you know, we were talking about a back five earlier. He 
he'd be absolutely made for the left side of a back five. Yeah. yeah. Where where the defence, he doesn't have to worry so much about the defensive side of things. Because, like, his, his position in the sense is very good when he gets forward. Like, he's a constant threat. Like, you know, he, he must be a nightmare to mark for the fullback, like, that he's playing against because he can cross from really deep as well. Like, yeah. We just don't have any good headers of the ball. That's that's the problem we have. Turns right? <laughs> around. Yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking. I, I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. I was thinking exactly the same. I reckon we've got someone there. I really, really do. I do, I'm just excited. I'd, I'd I'd like to see him have more than 10, 15 minutes. You know, um, because you know, like, um, and I've taken away from the the question, which was a really good question about Luca Dean. But, you know, when he comes on for like 10 minutes or he gets, you know, four or five minutes here or there, I mean, the supporters haven't really seen him properly yet, have we? I know Emery said it's a tactical sort of thing. He has to learn first. Maybe that's that's why he isn't getting more minutes because he hasn't learned the way that the team, uh, he wants the team to play properly just as yet. He hasn't had that time yet. But um, it would be really, really interesting to see Duran get some... And, really good minutes and against a team like West Ham at the moment who aren't in the best form um, who are also missing some players it, it might be a good opportunity to give them a run out I think um, I think Emery's protecting him a small bit to be honest Tess I think because he's young and the team isn't playing exactly the way Emery wants yet mm. he doesn't want this young flag coming over to a new country and then taking the slack off the fans too early and all which can happen very easy I, I, I think it's more down to protection I think get him in then for a full pre-season I think we'll see more of him next year yeah, but yeah. once he's settled but like you see how quickly some of our fans turn on players and I, and I genuinely believe Emery's trying to protect them yeah. I'll tell you what though when I went to the, the Villa Arsenal game and he came on made a massive difference and he got bums off seats and everyone was, you know, everyone was really excited when he came on. He was just making things happen and just showing for the ball and just, yeah, he's, he looks like he's got all the raw ingredients. So I think, like Spud's saying, they're sort of putting a bit of a, a leash on him at the moment, holding him back. But I think they're just going to keep building him now towards the back end of the season. Hey, well, no. is, 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 he, is he big in real life in the flesh? Yeah. Like, I haven't seen yeah, him in the flesh. Because you know, like, when I seen Onana for Everton in the flesh, like I couldn't believe the size of the lad. But, yeah. you know, it doesn't show that on TV. And I was wondering about Duran. Is he as big as he looks, you know? 100%. When he came on, he's a big physical guy and he can move as well. Like there's a bit of pace about him. He's got he's got all the raw ingredients, and you know he's he's been unlucky. He's hit the, he's hit the woodwork a couple of times, isn't he? The shot against Man City would have been going yeah. the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, and, you know, he broke the crossbar. I'm very excited. <laughs> about him, you know? so, no, he is, and I think he's got all the physical attributes, and he, he to me he's, he looks a confident lad. Like you know, even when he's coming on for the Villa now, he's he's showing for the ball and he's not hiding. So yeah, I think towards the end of the season, I think we'll start seeing. You know his minutes increase a bit, and they'll 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 blood him slowly. But yeah, probably a good move from Emery. Yeah. What do you think, Paul? I, look, I I I really would love to see him play a full game. I think it's not the right time just yet. I think you know we've got a third of the season left, and probably don't want to be put having him on for ninety minutes away at West Ham when they're going to be desperate. I just, it's the old glass half empty guy in me. That I can just see an injury happening. Mm. Do you know what? And just one other thing. Do you know what? There's a couple of things he did when he came on the other, uh, the other, the other day. A couple of those flick-ons when the ball was coming up high, he got his head up because he's quite a big lad and flicked on. And I was thinking, 
these are the kinds of things we want to happen. Like it would be like the, you know, Gabby John Carew sort of thing, you know, where you got the, the big striker can flick on the header for Watkins to run onto. And I was just like, I could just see this part. There could be a partnership. I think that could happen with these two. That's my early predictions. I would love to see that kind of um, where we had uh, Saunders um, coming off um, uh, Daly and Atkinson, that kind of situation. I, mm. I could really see our, our small guys coming off him. And look, we've been crying out for a player of his kind of size since uh, uh, Christian Benteke as well. So, mm. yeah, um, I, always, I always thought, before we signed Duran, I always thought that uh, Mitrovic would be the perfect partner for Ali Watkins, someone that's just going to go up and bruise the centre halves and get on the end of headers and win dirty ball, you know. Um, yeah. So then you see this them sign Duran from nowhere, and you're just like thinking, you're getting excited, like you're like this lad's 19, like he's full of enthusiasm, <laughs> he can definitely play football. And if you're able to stand the atmosphere, the hostile atmosphere in Colombian pro football at 15, this man is made for the Premier League, you know. Um, like, yeah. like the, the the atmosphere over there is unbelievable in South American football. Like, so if he can handle that at fifteen, like, then he's going to be able to handle the, the Premier League. You know, but mm. I Absolutely. think I think towards the end of the season, he's just going to drop him in one game. We're not going to expect it, and he's just going to start and probably catch the other team by surprise. Yeah, right? he's going to get a brace in that game, but I can just feel. <laughs> there's two things I'd love to be at. There's two things I'd love to be at Villa Park for. One, when John McGinn finally breaks his dock, because I think the atmosphere is going to go crazy, and yeah. when Jer- Duran gets his debut goal, and yeah. he's he's celebration. I think he's um I think he's got a couple in mind, and I think it's going to be for me. I think it's going to be a. Um, oh, I think it's going to be a bit Cantonarish. I think he's going to just stand and stare. I seen a funny stat the other day, you know, like just when you were talking about celebration there, Paul, they were saying, right, since Salah signed for Liverpool, Salah has got more yellow cards for celebrating goals against United than United have scored in the fixture. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Oh, is that Look, true? He keeps getting yellow cards, taking the stop off, but he's like, He's, like, he's already become like the record scorer in the Liverpool United derby goals, like so. And it's uh, and yeah, he's got more yellow, he's got more yellow cards than Liverpool are than United have had goals. <laughs> oh, mate, I love that. Oh, that's a, that's a good that's a good time to um stop it right there. We'll have a break. We'll come back and we'll speak about the um West Ham game. I do want to say once again, as we always do, the questions we absolutely love them being part of our show. It's a big part of our show now. It's probably my favourite part of the show is answering the listeners' questions, to be honest, because it gives a whole variety to the show, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll come back and we will look forward to Monday morning, Sunday night for Spud's game against West Ham. Breaking the podcast to say thank you for your patronage. Thank you for listening to us through Spotify, Apple, Anchor, however you listen to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Get your questions up on our Facebook page. Also, you can get us at Twitter at Aussie Dillons, and we post questions up there as well. Your name will get on the pod, whether you like it or not. And uh, bugger it, we're going to burst West Ham's bubble. Guys, and um, I do apologise for the song you just heard in the break there. I can't remember what the band was, but boys, just as a reminder for you, it went something like, "Uh uh-oh. We're in trouble. Something's come along and it's burst our bubble well hole. So a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a, um, yeah. What's the best way of saying that? We just want to burst their bloody bubble. Come Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning, and not because I hate West Ham, but I, you know, 
we want to win. We're due a win. We're due. Like I'm pretty sure we haven't beat them in the last five or six Premier League matches we've played them. Yeah, you no, sent the, right. um, the results through, Tess. I think we, since we've been back in the Premier League, I think we've got the draw away down there, which was obviously a massive result to keep us in the league. But other than that, it's been really poor, isn't it, against West Ham? Let's have a look. So, what have we got? Um, I don't know if this is in order, but um, what have we got? West Ham win 1-0, West Ham beat us 2-1. We lose 4-1 to West Ham. We lose 3-1 to West Ham. We lose 2-1 to West Ham. I mean, we, 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 we need to, we, we're due a win, right? Surely. And Emery's the, uh, the curse breaker, fellas. So we've got the right man at the, at the wheel to get us through. Yeah, I think um, we can do it. I think we can, we can, we can beat West Ham. Um, they probably don't want to play us at this time because we're, we're, we've struck up a bit of form. Um, but... They're fighting for their lives, and so it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, they um, just had a, a midweek game in Cyprus as well. I think that was Wednesday or Thursday night. Thursday night in the Europa League. You're right. Yeah. Uh, are, um, right on. Yeah. So they've had a bit of a, a bit of a fight. And I, I checked the lineup out, and they played a strong team. Antonio got a couple of goals, but they didn't. Um, they didn't hold back with any of their players. So hopefully that's uh, a good thing for us. But I, I fancy us as well, Tess. I think we. We're eating a little bit of form again. Confidence is up and they're scrapping for their lives. It'll be a tough game, but I, I think we can get it done. I think we've got the advantage again, guys, um, of of playing this game away from home again. And I just feel yeah. that the way we're set up at the moment and the way we're learning to play um, under Emery, um, the, it does suit at the moment um, the, away, the away kind of style. So... And, and look, if we get off to a good start, and I think we will, that pressure on from them being, you know, right behind the team to getting on the team is something that we we know is a real thing. Um, and so I think that really puts us in a good good position there. Um, I, I do think we'll win. I think I'm a little bit worried that we are, as we've said, our depth at the moment is so, so well, short. We're thin. Whatever word you want to put, I am worried about our depth right now for this weekend's game. Um, when when we lost Kamara under Gerard, we didn't win a game after that. But I'd be a lot more nervous losing Kamara under Gerard than I would be under Emery because I yeah. don't think Emery he will he will change things to suit what's available to him. Um, make no mistake about it, though. West Ham have players that can hurt us if they click. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they have some, like Bowen, Ben Rama, Danny Ings, of course. I don't think we need to mention anything about him. He's, he's going to have his tail up. Um, they've, they've got good players. Like, they're, they're, they're definitely in a false position. Like, you know, they're, they just seem to be kind of not doing it for David Moyes at the moment. Maybe they need a new voice in there. I don't know. But um, they can do it. They, they smashed Forest 4 0 recently. Um, they just seem to be lacking any consistency. I, I, I think Paul is spot on when he says this is probably a great game to be away from home from because an early goal and you can turn those fans very quickly. A record a record away at the moment is fantastic. I mean, like just to, to allude to the job that Emery's done, like we didn't win an away game all season before Emery came and now we've the joint best away record in the league. Incredible. Since Emery came in. It's an incredible turnaround. And... um. West Ham is one of those places that you go and 
first 15 minutes is going to be vital for the game, I think. Like, yeah. If West Ham come and get an early goal, which they're very capable of set pieces, they're still a massive threat. Like, and it's it's our probably our Achilles heel as well. Um, so that first fifteen minutes is vital, which is why I would expect us very similar to the Palace. There's going to be a lot of passing around the back, slowing, taking the ball that first fifteen minutes because they're going to want to subdue that crowd straight away, get mm-hmm. the moan and groans going, and then the passage of play and the patterns will start. You know, so I'd expect it to be very slow for that first fifteen minutes. You know, yeah. There was a question that um, we had on Twitter. Uh, from Black Pete, and I thought just because we we're talking about the um, the West Ham game, he said that Kamara is a big loss. Where do you see? Do you um, where do you see Villa going from here without Kamara? Well, I think I think um, Ryan Allen, Spud, and yourself have actually summed that up. I, I feel that we're not as reliant on on the players as a system at the moment. And there's a lot of work on the track. And you can see Emery is... is, And we're so lucky to have a gaffer who's planning tactics but is also training the squad. And so I'm not as nervous, and I think you guys said it before, I'm not as nervous as I would have been under a lot of other managers, uh, including Dean Smith, um, because we always give Gerard a bit of a a hit, but I I would say the same about Dean Smith. um, And I'm just really confident that the players know what's expected of them. So, yes... Huge, huge loss, almost irreplaceable, but the system um, is the positive for that. That's a great yeah. question, Pete. And I just hope he doesn't. I just hope he doesn't move McGinn in there because you're effectively changing two positions. Then McGinn yeah. deserves to stay where he is at the moment. Yeah, and McGinn's been so good the last you know few games in that you know further forward wide position that you let him keep doing what he's doing and just let him get some continuity in that position and keep his confidence high and. Yeah, let's not, like you say, but let's not change two positions for the sake of it. Let's just slot someone in and go from there. You'd imagine Louise will just drop into Kamara's position and then maybe JJ will drop into Louise's position. That's probably what I see, but most likely happening, to be honest. Like, so Louise will become the furthest sitter now. Um, He's he's, he's the one made for it, really, you know. Um, I know he's mentioned a lot about um, Callum Chambers, though, doing it for him at, um, at, at, at Arsenal, where he played midfield for him a few times and Fulham. But does he really trust Callum Chambers? Is there anything to suggest that Emery Ch- um, trusts Chambers? He hasn't used him at all unless he's been really stuck. Well, this is the time to find out. Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I do. But, I mean, I suppose we're just speculating like we always do. We're not there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I, I think, wouldn't it be great for the squad if Chambers is trusted by Emery and our system works? That would just be... I think everyone in the squad would be going, okay, we've already bought him. With Chambers, I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure he won um, Fulham's player of the season playing in that position for them while he was out on loan for the season. Yeah, so he, he did. You're spot he, on. He, you know, they, they got relegated. He was there. He was playing hole in midfield for them. He was yeah, there. So he was there the year, yeah. I know, like, I know they Fulham got relegated, but he's got, you know, he's got experience in that position. And if Den Donker isn't fit and we put him in, let's back him in. He could definitely do the job. And, and anytime you lose a player of Kamara's quality, you're always going to feel it. He's just, you know, he's probably our best player technically. He's the most gifted player I'd say we've got. Definitely, so, you know, I think, I think you're spot on. I think secretly, if you were to ask Emery in a one on one, 
Kamara would be the last player he'd want to lose. Yeah, he's pivotal to the system. It's going to be Duran who's going to be out. He's pivotal to the system. All the last three or four goals we've scored, Kamara yeah. has been heavily involved yeah. in the after he, penalty. Everything goes through Kamara, doesn't he? He gets the ball deep, he gets his head up, picks a, you know, a nice pass, and he, he, he's that just that cog in the middle that just gets us moving forward and just he's got brilliant vision and yeah, like I just don't think he can replace players like him. So we just got to put, you know, a bit of trust in Chambers if he does go in there, and just tell him, you know, you're not Kamara, but you can do a job that'll be slightly different. But just work for the, the team. That's, that's all telling, you can add. The thing, the thing that's telling for me with Chambers, though, right, is you know Chambers was at em- Emery at Arsenal, right? So when yeah. a new manager comes into a club, typically they'll use players they know before. The fact that he wasn't even willing to use Chambers at the start kind of tells me that he doesn't trust him, you know. You know, otherwise, otherwise you're going to come in. You're going to go right. He's he's worked for me 18 months before. He's going to know my system, so we're going to put him in as a building block. That yeah. never happened. Like Chambers, Chambers has never been a part of his plans, like apart from the cups. So now I'm going to put something on for a second. <laughs> now the reason behind this siren is Tess. We need you in there, mate. Um, we've held you back. Sorry, Tess. <laughs> yeah, no. Um... Chambers, yeah. Um, I don't think Emery fancies Chambers uh, as a player um, full stop, but I, I, I think he trusts him. I think he trusts him enough to to bring him on when we had to. Um, he could have been like, yeah, we don't need you and got rid of him in in the window. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned, to be honest with you, because um, there was so so much of the work that Kamara did um that wasn't fashionable other than the good things he was doing he would do his positioning for example is immense um for the way that we play um the, his reading of the game and i don't think on a defensive side that chambers can do that i mean he can he can come in and fill in and and do that job let's not forget dougie louise is, i think he's probably got the most assists this season for us or he's contributed to uh, the most goals um, this Dougie's season, my player of the year, to be honest, Des. If someone asked me right now who's my player of the season, I'd give it to Dougie. He's been the most consistent. He's been the most consistent. This, and like everybody else, I guess he's also had a couple of you know little hicks and errors and stuff like that. But so has most of the team. But he has been consistent. He is capable of playing that that role where he can create and and, and put players in to good positions. But John McGinn's been doing that lately, hasn't he? John McGinn's been doing that. Um, really well. Yeah, he's, been, he's been awful McGinn the last few weeks, hasn't he? Oh, look, yeah. we, we had some honest conversations on this podcast about John McGinn at the start of this season playing under Steven Gerrard. And quite frankly, he wasn't up to scratch at all. Um, and I reckon that's partly down to who no one was, no one was playing really good under Steven Gerrard. So, um, let's put it to that. He had his injury, he's come back, and Emery's. Showing trust in him, I think it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, guys, we um, we've we've been going about 40, 50 minutes at the moment, so I think we've kind of covered the 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 squad. I'm happy for us to quickly run through as we normally do who we think will or what lineups we'll have for um, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's do it. We normally do this. So um, Ryan, we'll start with you. We'll go to Spud, we'll go to Tess, and we'll finish off with me, see if we've got similar lineups. 
Look, I think it's going to be much the same, obviously, but with Mac- um, Kamara out for um, Cham- uh, Den Donker if he's fit, but I don't think he is going to be. So I think Chambers will slot in. So I'm going the same back four. I'm going to start with Alex Mourinho at left back. And then, yeah, Cash, Mings and Konza with Dougie, uh, Chambers. And then I'm going to go with Buendia. I'm going to go with Ramsey, Watkins and... Ooh, where am I? You're at home, aren't you, mate? Um, McGinn? Yeah, McGinn, sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, McGinn. So, yeah, not much changes for me. Um, yeah, just Chambers slotting in. For me, I think it's going to be Martinez in goal, Matty Cash right back, Lucas Dean is going to play left back because they have a threat in the wings and he's tre- he's, he's done that in all the games where they, they've had strong wingers, the opposition. So, I think Lucas Dean will start left back. Cons and Mings in the centre. I think it's going to be Luis, JJ, Buendia and um, again in the middle and it's going to be Bailey and Watkins up top. Mm. Mm. I you too. Interesting. Um, yeah, same um, back five. I think Moreno starts over Luca D. Uh, Luis, I think Chambers comes in because um, I think like Defensively, he's going to be better than what Ramsey might be playing in there. Um, but Ramsey plays, Bradier plays, Watkins and McGinn. Yeah, I think Louise will play that play that Camara role for me. And uh... what about you, Paul? Yeah, I, 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 pretty similar at the back. Um, I think uh, Dean Mings, Conza, Cash, obviously Martinez, and I think that we might see. Now, this is not sacrilege. It's not just because I bought a Mings trading card. <laughs> but we spoke about this um, in our review of the previous game. I think we'll see Mings carrying the ball forward more than he has in the past. I think when he's carrying the ball and bringing it forward, he can kind of fill a tiny bit of the void of Kamara there. So I'm really excited to see Mings take that role on. I think he's far better when he does that than when he's sitting back and trying to pass it around. Um, I think Ramsey is on a last chance saloon. I'm not talking about his career, but I'm talking about being rested for a few games. He just seems to have dropped off a bit. But I'd have Ramsey Louise. I did say to you guys before, I still think Chambers will be there with McGinn. And I think McGinn and Chambers will will kind of rotate around each other and McGinn might protect him a little bit. And I think Bundia and Watkins up front. I just think Bundia's up for the fight against West Ham, whereas I could see Bailey going to ground, which he does too often. And just, it means we're down a player. When he does that, we're down a player. So, yeah, that, that's my starting lineup. I'm, I'm giving a bit of confidence to Chambers and his little ginger beard. Have any of you seen, um, watched any of the under 21s games? The, there's, nah. a, there's a young yeah. lad um, who's a midfielder, plays in the under 21s, um, Arjen Reiki. Yeah. Yes. He looks like such a tidy, tidy, tidy player. Uh, for a young guy, and I just wondered whether, like, he could try and you know sit on the bench or like be brought into, you know, as a backup or given some an opportunity. Because I've watched him play for the under twenty ones, and he seems really, really composed, quite a big lad, and and, and uh, a good footballer. Has any of you guys had any thoughts on that? Yeah, he played in the preseason friendly against Walsall as well before before they flew out to Australia. So yeah. he's, had a, he's had a couple of first-team caps. Good, tidy player, definitely. Um, was a big part of the FA Youth Cup winning team as well. Ah. 
Yeah, he just looks really tidy. And I was just watching him the other day, and I was like, I mean, he looks so composed. He looks like he looked like one of the best players on the pitch. You know, keeping the ball doesn't ever lose the ball. Like he never loses the ball. Always keeps the ball. Always finds a really good pass. And I thought it'd be one of those types of players who are young who who could get an opportunity to sit on the bench or something in case of injuries. Because at the moment we've got two goalkeepers sitting on the bench. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think someone's got to come in on the bench now, isn't there? It'd be good to see Arian Reggie given a little chance there to sort of mingle with the first team and go away from home. And yeah, he looks at, he looks a really talented boy. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the summer because there's a few in the same bracket, isn't there, who are, you know, good players and playing well, some out on loan, whether they they get sold on or whether they get kept around the, the first team. Aaron, Aaron Ramsey and Archer are absolutely flying at a Middlesbrough man. Did you yes. see Aaron Ramsey's goal the other day? No, what yes. a goal! Um, the the hope for me would be that Borough get promoted and they get it. They take the two of them on loan again, and that's a year in the Premier League with with Borough with 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 a, with a, with a team that they're. They're, they're settled with already, you know, and, and the coaching staff that they're comfortable with. So yeah. I would love to see Borough get promoted and take Ramsey and Archer for a year in the Prem. I think that's ideal. I don't think either of them are quite ready for to be first choice in the uh, in the Villa lineup at the moment. But um, yeah, there's definitely a couple of good players. Reiki that test just touched on, very good player. Finn Azaz is getting a lot of... Uh, He's doing uh, really um, well. Down down in Plymouth. And... Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's good to see. And, and um, Louis Louis Barry got a goal for Salford last yeah. night as well. Oh yeah, excellent. So, and Philogene, actually, actually, yeah. a bit of form. It's not. It, I think he's. I think he's on a tiny bit of a run at the moment. So Philogene Bedes, fellas, is playing at Cardiff. I've been speaking to a couple of my mates about him from back home, and since Sabri Lamucci's taken over at Cardiff, he's dropped into more of a, a wing back position. So oh, really, he's sort of. Yeah, he sort of dropped him a bit deeper, and they're saying he's playing his best football in this position as a as a wing back. There you go. Yeah, over the Cardiff job, uh, sorry. Uh, Sabri Lamucci. Oh, did he? That's the old, the old. Did who he used to? Who did he used to manage before? Oh, I think he's had like Benfica or one of the Portuguese teams, but he used to play for Palmer and in the Italian yeah, league. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so he's uh, at Cardiff, and he's he's Philogene Bedes is playing really well at the moment. And I saw an interview with Joe Rawls, yeah. the Cardiff captain, and he said he's got all the ingredients to be a top Premier League player. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, very skillful, very good on the ball, and yeah, just just a you know a shining light at Cardiff at the moment. I always like to give the Aston Villa women a mention as well. They're having yeah. an unbelievable season. Another yes, good two win, two nil win against Everton last week. So we're basically ahead of where they wanted us to be, you know, we're the best of the rest. Because, like, United, Chelsea, City and Arsenal are a different level. They're just... Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're sitting fifth now behind them. After we only got promoted a couple of years ago. It's a massive step forward. They're absolutely flying. Big game against West Ham tomorrow. So, no, it's... No, uh, it's exactly right. And uh, thank you for mentioning that. So, guys, um, give us your scores. Um, I, I'll start. I'll start. I think we're going to win one... We're going to win one nil away. It's going to be a tough watch, but you know what? I'm going to be really happy going to work because um, we've beaten West Ham and it's another win. Um, this goal is actually going to come through. <laughs> I knew it. Mm. <laughs> right. Go. Okay. okay. So, so it's going to come from a beautiful corner from uh, Buendia, and Mings is going to go up 
for the header. You think he's just going to smash it home, but it hits the back of his neck and the keeper is completely beaten thinking it's going the other way. So it comes off the back of his neck and goes in for a goal. So Tyron Mings to score, you say? Tyron Mings off the back of his neck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew it was coming. It just could never be just like, you need to sound my alarm for you because um, the, the, goal, the goal is never going to be just a goal. <laughs> Oh, go for it, Rhino. What do you reckon? Uh, I've gone to one. I'm going Watkins and Durand to score late on for us and Bowen for West Ham. I think it's going to be one all. Mm-hmm. Durand to come on and, and take the headlines and get the win for us. Mm. I'm going to go 2 1. Danny Ings is going to score. He's going to come back and haunt us. I've, I've, not, I've never been so convinced about anything in my life. And <laughs> Ali Watkins is going to score. And John McGinn is finally going to break that 46 game duck. And it's going to be a ripper too. From if he is going to score, it's going to be from outside the box, and it's going to leave the keeper no chance. And so, what will happen if people do come in for McGinn uh, for McGinn at the end of the season? They'll just put together the highlights of all the goals he has scored. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take a free kick with his arse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one's got any chance then. Um, I'm going three one. Um, yeah. going, McGinn's going to get his goal Watkins is going to score and Buendia is going to score and Danny Ings will score from a penalty Ooh. He's, going nice. to dive, he's going to dive like he's been shot and then win a penalty from Esri Konza and um, he's going to get their one goal but we're going to win 3-1 So what does Konza do? Does Konza, Konza get so, the ball? Konza so, gets the- also, Konza gets the ball past to him, does he? And, and it's going to be like a, it's going to be like a. Ra- I can't do this like you, but it's going to be like um, a a kind of a small race where Konza trips him from behind or yeah, just yeah. touches his touches his leg a little bit, and then Ings is like going to fall down like he got shot, and like spread all over the place, and then look at the ref and like what's going on, put his hands up, and then the ref's going to point to the spot like really aggressively. And then and and then is Ings going to celebrate? Um, with yeah, of course. The, he is. With, with the home fans, or is he yeah. gonna? No, he normally will put his he'll put his hand two hands up and he'll put his head down, and then the players will surround him and start slapping him on the head and patting him around the back and all that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey boys, just before we go, right? I wanted to ask you what, the thing we were talking about in the group the other day. What was your thoughts on that about the um, last week when there was only two players that weren't in Dean Smith's starting lineup from the other day? In the game against Palace, there was only two players in the starting lineup. Kamaran is now injured or that, so there's potentially only one in that squad that that w- didn't play for Dean Smith. I thought that was incredible stat, man. Yeah, pretty yeah. amazing, really, isn't it? Considering you know we've got a, we've gone through you know a couple of managers now, and you'd think there'd be a lot three more windows available. as well. Yeah, and and with the owners as ambitious as ours are, and different managers, you you'd think there'd be more turnover of players. I was really surprised at that stat, to be honest. And there is injury factors, of course. Like Coutinho was injured. Luca Dean was um, or Shadeen was in play for Smith. It was it was all Carlos and Carlos. Carlos was um injured. Coutinho was injured, and Dean was on the bench. So it was yeah. only Mourinho and Camaro that hadn't played from. But I still thought that was incredible. Like I was like, that's nine of the eleven players that must have been there eighteen months ago. Like. That's a lot. It's a lot and unusual, right? It's an unusual yeah. thing for the kind of ambition that the owners have and the club has. I guess what, when that comes down to it is that the owners have kind of backed 
the manager that's in place, right? They've said, you know, if this is what you want, then we'll try to do it. But you can't just make wholesale changes. It's not sustainable. Um, but I think that changes in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Is there uh, any is, is there anyone in that team, Tess, that you think that we don't think is going to go, that's going to go? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think... I, I think Bailey goes. Do you reckon? I think Bailey goes, man. Um, I think he'll be... I just think he'll be offered... You know, if somebody comes in for him, I don't think they'll stand in his way, is what I think will happen. I don't think um, he's shown enough so far this season or under the previous manager to warrant the consistency that we need if we want to be top 10, finishing the top 10 and we want to play in Europe. I just I just can't see it. I, I, I think I think he he's a player that is probably suited more to the German league or, or to the Dutch league or something like that. Um, so I just, I really have worries about whether he's going to be here next season. I, I don't, th I don't think he will be. And I think they'll try to bring in a player. That's an improvement to what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Would you well, yeah, I, I, look, I think we'll, I think, I think we're going to be, <laughs> I think we're going to see a very different squad. I've said that, that we'll see a very different squad in three years, but I think we'll be really surprised of how many players coming in. And I think that Emery's going to build it from the back the same way he's been doing it in our style of play. I think he will build our team from the back where everyone's going to be crying for us to get strikers and everything. I mm. just can't wait to see, I think I said it earlier in the pod, really skillful people on the ball from the back, which mm. sets up so much of modern football's attacks. Um, and the way we want to play at the moment, if you think about it, our players are under pressure down back all the time. And I think part of that is because they don't have the skills that are needed under Emery's system. So I think we're going to see a, a very different, you know, the Dendonkers, the Chambers, those guys, they won't be there. Will Lashley Young get a new contract? He's only got three months left. No. Oh, no. I think you get another year. I think they might no. get another year. I, I, I don't bet on this kind of stuff. But I would bet my wife he will be at the club for the next three to five years, but he'll be coaching. Mm. I can't. I can't see Ashley Young being there next season. I. I think apparently there was. I don't know if it's true. There were whispers that um, part of his extension before was that he could get onto the coaching team, yep. doing his coaching badges mm -hmm. and stuff like that. As a as a coach um, around the club, yes, but as a as a um, as a player, I don't think so. And 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 you've got to look at our team, all right, like. For the last couple of seasons, we conceded a lot of goals, man. Our defence is, like, we play good sometimes and we had stages where we weren't conceding goals. But in order for us to progress, our defence needs to be a lot better than having minus eight goals and minus ten goals in a season. I don't think, I think Young will hang around, but I don't think he'll get as much minutes as what he has this season. I think, you know, obviously they'll they'll probably keep him around, like Paul saying, long term with a view to coaching. But I think he's just a bit of an insurance backup. He can play a few positions. And I think if they give him another year as a as a player and he's doing his badges, it's, it's a, quite a low risk move. And yeah, I, I 
I think we'll see some big changes in the summer. I agree with you, Tess. I think Bailey's probably going to be surplus to requirements under Emery. I don't think Emery's going to put up with the inconsistencies that he's been showing. And I think he'll have his eye on a few players to come in and replace that position. Yeah, we're going to see a very different squad. And look, guys, we can actually talk about this on another pod because it is one that probably deserves a bit more of our time. Um, any final thoughts before we finish off? Because um, it will be about an hour pod. Just good to be back with everyone on the pod, fellas. And um, like we've already said, really enjoy the the listener questions and the engagement on the socials and, and just keep putting the questions out there. And yeah, really enjoy the engagement. Yeah, really enjoyed, um, as Rainer was saying, really enjoying the Twitter questions. I think that's a really nice part of our pod that started to come in over the um, last couple of months um, that people are getting used to us and listening to us talk about Aston Villa each and every week. Um, well, when some of us are here and some of us not on the injury bench. Um, but yeah, keep the questions coming in. It's good to have a full squad again. And I'm hoping that um, my, my, my prediction comes through 3-1 Villa on Sunday. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing tomorrow what we do with the lineup because I'm very, very hopeful that we've got past the stage that hampered us in the past where we've been over-reliant on one player. Couldn't win games when Grealish got injured. Couldn't win a game when Kamara got injured the last time. So I'm hoping now that this can change this time because you can't just be relying on one player. One player can't derail a whole team. Um, no. So hopefully, and, and I trust Emery to do it, we'll see a little tweak in the system tomorrow, but enough that it'll be make the players around comfortable with the situation and three points brought home because we can't we, we can't be throwing away our season every time Kamara gets injured either, you know? No, I just look. I just say we get on the front foot. I hear what you're saying about the 15 minutes of settling in. I don't mind that at all. I just think put their crowd under pressure and you know burst their bubbles. And I just can't wait to discuss this game with you guys next week. We're up the villa, the Aussie villains podcast. And as always, we'll speak to you in a few days' time. Up, up the, the villa. villa. Up the villa. Thanks for joining us for up the villa, the Aussie villains podcast. You can get us at Aussie villains, capital A, capital V on Twitter. You can get us on Facebook at The Love Sport Podcast and you can get all the boys on Twitter as well. Let's thrash West Ham, bugger it. I don't really care. They tried to steal our colours anyway. Let's burst their bubbles. Up the villa.